Peace. What's good, family? Come on in. Come on in. We going to build today. Yes, sir. A1 Drizzy, what's good? Kara's Knopflin. I see y'all. Teacher Maria, I see you. Michi. Okay, we got DR in the house. That's right, we on a Sunday. Beautiful mind. Drew Ford. What's good? Make sure you click that like button upon entering. Click that share button. We got a great show for you today. Continuing our series with our people from Happy. Presenting a day of black excellence, February 4th at the Jamaica Performing Arts Center in Queens, New York. Jill. Peace to the gods, peace to the earths. They said Brooklyn is in the house. South Africa's in the house. Oh, shit. Let's get it. Peace, 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 family. What's good? I know you're not used to a Sunday broadcast, but here we are. Um, my name is Lord Jamal. Welcome back to the Godcast. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, make sure you do so. Uh, click that notification bell and click all so you'll be notified whenever we drop a new joint. Okay. At Rock in the House, I see you. Large Pro. Peace, King. Okay. We got some heavy hitters in the house. All right. So listen, I have my brother Taki Grant here. Uh, a couple of shows ago. What was that, Monday? And we were talking about February 4th, uh, Jamaica Performing Arts Center, a day of black excellence. Matter of fact, where's the flyer for that? Let me put the flyer on the screen so y'all can see what I mean. Um, needless to say, it's going to be a lot of... Um, a lot of great people there, a lot of great speakers. Um, just so happens Brand Nubian will be performing. Um, but the host and moderator, Dr. Kenneth Harris, we have Riza Islam, Dr. Susan Tala, our special esteemed guest today, Professor James Smalls.
Dr. Falu, what's that say? Uh, Georgina Falu. It's kind of small from here. And of course, we we got we see Brother Kaba. And also, oh, I can't read that. It's kind of small. But yeah, we got some esteemed speakers in the house. And I'm so happy to have um Brother Small here with us today, as well as um Felicia, I believe is how we say her name. Um one of the executive producers from the happy movement. So right about now, I'd like to uh, welcome them, bring them onto the show. Y'all give them a God cast welcome. Oh, thank you, Gene, for the super sticker. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, so welcome to the God cast. Felicia from Happy and Professor James Small. Peace. God's in mind. Let me just give you one thing to make sure so you know. We're good, good, right? I see you. We're good. I see you. Oh, that's beautiful. Where'd you get that custom uh, universal flag from? Uh, Yes, sir. You know, I was at the last parliament. I gave some words at the last parliament. Oh wow! And somebody gets to do that. Been in decades, so it was good to see old friends like Ali and some of the brothers from 30, 40 years ago. You know, right? Facts. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh well, welcome, 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 welcome. Um, yeah, it's it's always uh, an honor to have someone of your, um just your qualifications you know you are 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 the ones you've walked with the ones of of people that we have downloaded and got our knowledge itself from basically uh in so many fields and help uh forward our education as original people you know on this earth you know and i just thank you for your years of work and and your continued work and felicia am i saying your name correctly yeah, you know, you actually say it like my grandmother used to say it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, like, how does everybody else say it? Felicia. Like Felicia. Bye. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, bye, Felicia. Okay. Felicia. Got you. But I like Felicia. But grandma used to say Felicia, huh? Yeah. 100%. I actually thought I heard Brother uh, Small say Felicia, so I, I went, I ran with that. She ignores me, you know. Still <laughs> not true. Still not true. Thank you for having us on the show. Lord Definitely. Jesus, that's what's up. Thank you. So, so, um, you know, I told people, but you can review, um, what's going on February 4th, Jamaica Performing Arts Center, exactly who will be there. I know I mangled some names just now and some of them I couldn't even read, but uh, I'm sure you, you can pronunciate and, and you know exactly who's going to be there. Uh, so why don't you let the people know? Yes. So February 4th, yes, at JPAC, Jamaica uh, Performing Arts Center. So we have, um, it's a whole day of black excellence from one to like 9 p.m. Black excellence. We have um, right here, Professor James Small, Riza Islam, I love that brother, um, Dr. Georgina Falu, um, Dr. Susan Tata, Infudishi Juhuti Miss, 
and See, Rama. Go. I wasn't gonna be able to say that. <laughs> yes, Infudishi. Yes, Infudishi Juhudimus and uh, Kaba Kamene. They're gonna just be doing some um, lectures and special presentations. That's a piece of it. But then we also are gonna um, show an extended clip or a special clip of Hoppy, the documentary Hoppy, the role of economics in the development of civilization, which Lord Jamar is in. If you guys have not seen, you know, Hoppy. Yes, yes. So we're gonna show. Now, we gotta get applause on our show. That's what's up. <laughs> but yeah, so we're gonna show um extended clip of our film. And then we also have Amadeus Christ, who did um Out of the Darkness, Heavy as a Crown, Volume One. So we're gonna show a little piece of his film. And if that wasn't enough, we're gonna also have yay, brand Nubian performing. Um, you guys, I mean, like that's yo, like yes. You guys are going to perform, and we also have um, a poet, Lyrical Faith, and then another uh, conscious rapper, Jamar Milton, will be um, in the house. And the cool thing about this event is that it's also a networking event so that we can all commune with each other. So time is built in for that. We'll have a hoppy marketplace. we got some vendors. So it's going to just be a whole day of Black excellence. It's going to be nice. Definitely. Yeah. And we have guy, we have some some drummers from Ghana that's gonna open it up and they're gonna be doing some little stuff throughout the day. So it's gonna be nice. Dope, dope. Yeah. Uh I see uh Professor Small that you have a lot of uh connection to Ghana, actually. You're CEO of uh the Sana Lodge Enterprise Ghana LTD, CEO and president of the African American management company Ghana. Tell me about your connection to Ghana. I've been in and out of Ghana for much of the last 45 years. Um, mm. Matter of fact, this this opening up you're seeing in Ghana today was something Leonard Jeffries, his wife, Dr. Rosalind Jeffries, and myself begun 40 years ago. Mm. Um, so this is good that the world is now seeing it and that there's more than 12 to 15,000 African-Americans who live there. So this, what you're seeing now is the world becoming aware of the genesis. You said 12 to 15,000. Yes, of us okay. who live there, own businesses, have housing, and so forth and so on. But the world is waking up to the fact that, oh, them black folks go to Africa, huh? Yep, we've been doing yeah. it for a while, right? But we own a hotel there, myself, Dr. Leonard Jeffries, and a few other uh, persons. It's a 30-room hotel. Um, and it's a multi-million dollar project in Cape Coast, Ghana. We've owned it for some 19 and a half years. It's called the Sana Lodge. Um, it's been a lot of trauma through the years with the uh, Ebola and then this new disease they've thrown on us and mm. the economic decline. But we are open and we're still in business. And they had a wonderful holiday season, which I was happy with. Um, and we've been involved in, in the founding of the Emancipation Day in Ghana. We were at the leadership of that. In the founding of the Panifest process in Ghana, we were very involved in the leadership of that and sit on the Panifest board. Ghana's just been our headquarter place. I'm probably one of the oldest African-American chiefs um, in Ghana. Um, I was initiated, and especially particularly the Ashanti Agogo region, there were others before me, but I've, I've been initiated as early as 1984. Mm. And I'm known as Nana Kofi and Pansa. 
the second of their go-go stool. Um, very involved in that community, very involved in the Cape Coast community because our business is there, very involved in the Western region because my favorite king, a brother named Nana Kwamana and Ketsi V of Esokado, who was family was, ha, the Maya Angelo lived with that family when she lived in Ghana. John mm. Clark lived with that family when he was in Ghana. Um, Malcolm X visited with that family when he was in Ghana. And so that's my base um, with that family in the Western region. But was very close with President Jerry Rollins. We considered one another brothers. Um, I would meet him and go to his home each time I visit Ghana and even take my groups there. And he would never say no. You know, um, Ghana has been really the gateway to Africa because Kwame Nkrumah lived among us, studied among us, went to Lincoln University, lived in Harlem. And when he returned home to become the first president, he brought many African-Americans to help him. Mm. The country. And now, and what year are we talking about? What, what year is 1957 this? and forward. 1957. Mm. Dr. Martin Luther King visited Ghana in 1957. And you can see photograph of him with Nkrumah celebrating independence. And Dr. King wrote what I consider to be one of his best speeches. It's called The Birth of a New Nation when he returned from Ghana that year. And you can find it online. It's an, you think it's Malcolm X, but it's Doc. Mm. It's deep. So Ghana's always been our heart and our place. All of my children, of the six of them, eight of them, have been to Ghana. Um, and I have two adopted kids in Ghana. One of them served in parliament for four years. And she just called this morning to wow. get permission to run for parliament again because she lost the seat last year, but she thinks she can win it back this year. So Ghana's been a very special place. You know, for me and my family, all of my family, wife, children, all of us have been there multiple times. So. How how is it in Ghana? Like, you know, as as in as someone who lives here in America and has been spoiled by a lot of Western um, accoutrements, I guess you would call them. Um, you know, what's how is the development in Ghana? Do they have like you know? modern type cities and all that type of stuff? Oh, yeah. The key thing to remember when you're traveling abroad, especially Africa, is that people is people world over, you know, in terms of the fundamental values and belief that people use in their daily life. But Ghana is one of the, you know, we, there's an international airport where all of the big jets of the world land, and you, can, you think you're in Kennedy or Atlanta or any of those places when you come in. Um, there have been a lot of development in the last 20 years. Uh, when I first went, I could count the skyscrapers on two hands. Now you can't count them. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you have all of the business. You even have McDonald's down the street and Kentucky Fried around the corner. <laughs> you know, Not that we should even act like all of this <laughs> construction is necessarily, you know, the advancement of civilization no, somehow. I'm just is. wondering. No, when you look at ancient Kemet, what are you looking at? Extraordinary historical constructions. Right. Civic environments. We invented this concept. And we were, were cities here in America. Right. We were retarded by America and the West due to colonialism and slavery. But we done broke free now. You know, we, we black and we back. We broke mm -hmm. free. And we're trying to be ourselves. 
they have a music over there, and and I don't know you you know of a brother named Reggie Rockstone. Mm, I can't say I do. Reggie Rockstone is the father of hip life. The music in Ghana, the gender there was high life. But one of our partners, one of my former students who died last year in a water accident, team he went to school at City University, worked here for the New York Times, got into hip hop and rap, went back home to Ghana and changed the genre from high life to hip life and created what you now call Afrobeat. Mm. Oh, brother Reggie, um, he has a couple of uh, restaurants and nightclubs, which I always visit and make sure I go to get my little dance in, even with my bad knee, you know. <laughs> um, so there's a, you know, there's a, a, a thriving music industry that's growing up oh. in Ghana around hip life and, and then merging with reggae into the hip life. Um, the young people are like young people around the world. They're trying to create the Africa they want to see. And the young people of, of Ghana especially have a heavy interrelationship with the young people of African-America. You know, those two populations have been merging for some 50 years. Right. Now, now, do we think that it's merging in a positive way? See, I only, I only went to Nigeria. That's the only place I've ever been to in Africa. And we stayed out there for about a week. And, you know, when we got out there, we wanted to be like, you know, try to get absorbed with African culture, but it seemed like they were enamored with American culture. Yes. And who um, wouldn't be, who wouldn't be enamored with American culture? So we right. can't really blame for that. But Everybody right now, but American black culture, you know, as it's being presented to the world is very negative, very, right. you know what I mean? Over-sexualized, violence, all of that nonsense. That's why we got you. That's why you're broadcasting and the brothers and sisters with the platforms like yours and the happy platform. We're trying to change that dichotomy. Right. We're trying to change that vision and that image. Because we don't and need to pollute their we don't need to go over there and now pollute them with right. with the pollution that we have. Right. But some of that's gonna get through, but we've got to counter it with the more positive side of our culture, which is the majority of our culture, the majority of our people, and the majority of our environment. And and that's happening. Um, when you look at just the gender of hip life, the music, they're very sanitized compared to what we do. Mm. <laughs> they say, no, 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 we don't, we don't want that. Right. We want this. But th when we look at hip hop, for instance, and the power it has around the world, we know the enemy controls a certain amount of distribution. That's the majority to be. We control a lot of the images that they sent of us abroad. But we know that there are those artists from here who travel all over the, the world. You know, I used to be close to Papa Wu, God bless his soul. And, and who was Papa Wu, yes, sir. Oh, yeah, that was, you know. And, and so they were involved with a lot of young people from South Africa, from Zimbabwe, from other places, trying to show them the positive side of our social commentary, because that's what music is, is social commentary coming from the cultural base of a community. And so the enemy has taken our social commentary and perverted it. But 
that we've won some of those battles. They didn't win all of them. Right. You know, I remember when they approached my brother, Teddy Raleigh, who was like a son to me in Blackstreet, and says, either you do it, wanted him to do gangster rap or they weren't going to let his stuff leave the warehouse. Mm. Teddy says, fine. So he disbanded Blackstreet and said, I don't have a contract with you. Blackstreet had a contract with you. Mm. So nobody ever knew what happened. I hope you don't mind me telling Teddy, but that's what happened, right? So there have been those young brothers and sisters, as you know, in the industry who said, no, 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 no. We have an African perspective. We have a social commentary we want to tell. You can take your mighty industry and try to pervert it with money and, and technology, but we're going to get through anyway. Just having this conversation today, we're getting through. Right. You are, right. You don't know that I sat with God Allah in the last few hours of his life, right? Hmm. But here, you're one of the children, right? This is the brother I struggle with who's your father. We've got more in common than we ever imagined. Wow. That's why I showed you what I showed you. True indeed. You know? So there, there's a war that's going on from the young people, which we really appreciate. And that's where Happy came in to be so beautiful with this concept of using history to tell the economic story of Black people, not just the past economic success, but to show how we design in the present the future economic success. That's really what the process of happy is about. You know, how do we take what we got and make what we need? And we can look back on history and get some modeling in order to do this. And, and, and the film Happy, which will be shown on the fourth, is going to tell that story. And then when you look at Heavy as the Crown, you're going to hear the spiritual side of the same story from Amadeus Christ on the fourth. Mm and all of the different speakers you have, and then you're going to be there, you know, dropping the same science, but you're going to be using music to drop that science. I'm okay. going to be using oratory to drop that science. But we're talking the same science. How do we free our black ass and get past? You know, that's what this is fundamentally about. Freedom, freedom. Asa Hilliard said that freedom is being shackled to your identity. So if you don't get your identity straight, you can't get your freedom process straight. Mm. Happy is trying to use the history to help us get our identity straight and get a perspective on economics, which is the foundation of any civilization, so we can get in, in charge of the social commentary, in charge of the social environment, in charge of the images of Black people, and we can develop the minds that we want to see develop in our children. Exactly. That's what the war is about. See, because I refuse to feel like um, like the devil's going to win. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. I refuse yeah. to feel like um, lies will triumph over truth. Like, like, and this is why I'm always on the side of truth. I always feel like, you know, as bad as it, as it looks out there, especially in the times we live in it now, as far as how they're attacking, you know, free speech and they're just really trying to you know railroad people into taking you know certain uh <laughs> things in their body and you know in all kinds of ways um it, i think it gets overwhelming sometimes in certain people's minds like damn can we even even defeat all of this like can we really be free from all of this because 
we're definitely at a point where, you know, even morally, like a lot of things they want us to accept, we don't accept that as black people. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things that they want to normalize right now. And I think you don't know what I'm talking about. Mm. Um, it's like, that's not normal to us and it's never going to be normal. You're right. not going to force us to go along with this. Like if you want to do that, that's fine, but I'm not going to be forced to play along with this. Right. At some point I feel like we're going to have to part ways at some point. Like you, you do you, we're going to have to do us because right. 100%. morally, morally, we don't jive. Right. And you asked the question about Ghana. Come back to Ghana for a moment. The one beautiful thing I loved about Ghana is the retention of the indigenous cultural institutions. Mm. I mean, I know if I have, let me tell you, and be straight up, straight ahead, right? If stuff ain't looking too good in my life, I pick up a phone and I call Ghana. You may not want to believe in juju or voodoo, but I know voodoo works. Mm. It's the science of the universe. They're masters that know how to manipulate it. I'm not one of those masters, but I know how to call Haji, okay? I said, look at things are going like this and I need things to go like this. What do the ancestors have to say? You know, um, how can they help me get through this? They're, we have all kinds of institutions that they never destroyed. They're still there. They still work. You can go to any community almost any month of the year. There's a festival, the Yam Festival, the River Festival, the, the Mother Festival. And thousands upon thousands of our people come from all around the country to celebrate. Now, we don't see these festivals on TV or on the, on, you know, on the news, but we still do all these things. All right. You can still go to a village and see a way of life in terms of ethics, morals, and values that you can only imagine from 10,000 years ago, but it still exists as the mind of the people. Mm. Now, the West is there trying to corrupt that, but even where we go, because you can miss the picture if you're not looking straight. Like Dr. King always say, got to get the language right, but you also got to get the image right, see? And so when you look at Ghana, for instance, when you first come and say, oh, all these people are Christians, they got all these churches and stuff. That's for Sunday. Mm. But there's Shrine Day, the other six days of the week. Mm. They follow the other gods the other six days of the week. Fishermen don't fish on Tuesday because the God of the sea needs rest. Mm. That's real. Mm. Okay, how supposed to have it? You get caught out there fishing, you're going to be in trouble because you're disturbing God. You understand? So they use the westernization of an African institution called Christianity. And we need to take that back from them too. Mm. You know, they use it the way we used it in the 1900 and early 20th century to our advantage, but they never gave up the indigenous institutions. So that supported go, those things. And, and absolutely. If you were hanging out, I'd take you to places you'd be, Think it's small. Why you got me walking on air, man? I put gotta be on the ground. But I'm gonna take you to Nana and Kitchen when he sits on the stool to give you your official naming, and the Queen Mothers wash your head with the sacred bush, and they feed you the sacred meal, mm. you know, on those three rounds, so you can become a member of a family in that community. And then Nana will tell you, when I'm sitting here 
having a glass of apatashi. That's their bootleg, which is ooh, sweet, brother. You got to try this, right? Uh. Apatashi. The, the, the community name for it is Kill Me Quick. <laughs> but he will let you know that I, when I'm sitting out here with you and be talking as brothers, I'm Nana so-and-so. But when I'm sitting on this throne, I'm the ancestors. And mm. it is as real as real can get. And so you, you can see that this is still intact. Yet there's a contemporary world because we can't live in the past. We have to evolve the past into a future and bring the best of the past into that future with us. And that's what Happy is talking about when we are taught on the fourth. That's what we'll be discussing. That's what Happy's fundamental principles are. How do we learn from the past to build the future? Well, that kind of goes into the question that this uh, brother Charlie here, who uh, just donated. Thank you for your donation, Charlie. He said, where do you see the black man in 10 to 20 years? And you know what? I'm, I'm sorry, Lord Jamar. Can I just add something before you, um, Absolutely. Before you ask? So, you know, it's interesting when, you know, we're listening, we're sitting here, we're listening to Professor Small talk, right? And part of the impetus for us doing this event was that we too feel like you when you know when you're we're looking at all the the woes of what's going on in in our community it's like where do we get started so where we get started is is with us right so how can we at hoppy facilitate that with us piece and a lot of things that you know and i've sat down with goo gobs of interviews with professor small seeing goo gobs of interviews on youtube with professor small and know him personally and always hear something new that i've never heard before mm. but what it does is this history piece that knowing really our history okay from elders who are not who are elders and not just old people okay mm. and who are really the carrier information is what helps us to decide who we are. And it helps us once we start to decide who we are, we're, you know, we're taking these pieces in, then it, it starts to formulate the way that we act, right? And so once we start to formulate the way that we act and how we portray our culture, that's how we start to move people forward. We can't, what's happening is that there's a bunch of people trying to move our culture forward that have no connection of who they are. Mm. So that's why they do dumbass things, right? Or they do things that are just not, it seems like it's taking us steps back because they just don't know who they are. So this event is really, you know, yes, we will have black excellence there. We'll have you there. We have all these examples of people who have decided, consciously decided to take their history, take who they know of who they are and to broadcast it in a way. Because it's really about modeling that so that people that are coming to view this you know, or be a part of this because it's really a community event, right? So people who are, you know, it's it's for them to get get examples of this so they can start do it for themselves, you know, because all of us are black excellence. Dr. Obatashaka, um, he's a, a wonderful one of professors, uh, small, you know, really uh, good friend. <laughs> um, no, no, but he's way back. Yeah, from way back, like years and years ago. But he talked about <laughs> the whole idea of um, like our black genius is our creativity, right? You know, and part of this, you know, um, is showing our creativity in all these forms, art, poetry, film, you know, it's, it's to get us back to who we are because we got work to do and we can't do the work if we are. Let, let me drop one on you, you know? Alicia, right here, right? Uh -oh. Because Western media is our fundamental enemy. Right? Mm -hmm. How many of you know who Dan Gotti is? 
Never heard of the gentleman. I'm gonna Google all these names. Okay, the I got richest, Brad. the richest, the real richest man in the world, and he's Nigerian. Mm. No, step further. Let me just read this to you. Thank you, Devin McCrory. Then go to all refinery refinery has finally been completed and will be commissioned by the president of Nigeria on the 24th of this month, January. Dangote, 10 facts about the Dangote refinery. Dangote oil and petrochemical refinery is 650,000 BPP oil refinery, meaning they can produce, there's only a couple of oil refineries in the world that will be able to outproduce this African refinery. This is owned 100% by Africa. Mm. Nobody's talking about it. It is the largest single train oil refinery on the planet Earth, the largest in Africa, and the seventh largest oil refinery in the world. It is capable of meeting the energy demands of both Nigeria and the entire continent of Africa. It's about to open, but nobody's talking about it here in the West. Dangote announced he would want to build a refinery in 2013. It's when he started the project. And at that time, it cost $9 billion. It wasn't until 2016 that construction began. The refinery was originally meant to be built in the oil-producing state of Ondo, you know, that's one of the river states, but they had to change the location, but they got it done. It's finished. And every oil field in Africa can now redirect. Instead of sending their oil to England or America or Saudi Arabia to be refined, it can be refined right there on the continent, which is going to save them tons of money. Mm. Mm, And guess what? It's going to bring in over 300,000 jobs across the spectrum. So many of our young people are leaving home, dying in the, the Mediterranean, trying to go find jobs in Europe, coming across the border in Mexico, trying to find jobs here. Well, this is one of the industries that's going to help them find jobs there. And this is just one industry. Before President, um, oh God, beautiful brother, in Tanzania died, he forced the British to pay him reparations for the Tanzanian people to the tone of billions of dollars for them misappropriating the gold processing. And so now all Tanzanian gold is processed in Tanzania. Mm. And he took that money he got from the reparation bill, schools, bridges, uh, highways, and hospitals. Nobody talks about that in the West. So the brother asked, where are we going to be 20 years from now? We're going to be closer to where our goals say we should be because we're going to look around the continent and we're going to see all these things happening that we're not paying attention to but we need to pay attention to, and we need to get closer to our people, our brothers and sisters on the continent and learn to put these historical differences behind us through understanding our history. Because if your uncle is left in Africa and your cousin is left in Africa and your sister is left in Africa and you got thrown on the slave ship, well, that's your family over there. That's your home. That's your house. So over the years, We've lost an understanding of one another through the westernization of both of our minds. Well, our job is to now Africanize that mind and reconstruct, as we deconstruct the whiteism, reconstruct the blackism mm. of our minds. Yes, reconstruct. And, that, that, and, it's, and it's happening as we speak. Right. The young people in Africa, they put it just like over here. This your generation, my young brother is one of the greatest generation we ever produced. People talk about, 
Yeah, some stuff that happened with hip hop is negative shit. Some stuff that happened with, with with the Baptist music, the spiritual was negative. You know what I'm saying? Right. You you you, had, you didn't hear the kind of records I listened to in, in the '60s. We call it records to grind on and to grind for. Right. right. <laughs> we just were a little more subtle with it. Uh-huh. it was about love and respect and stuff, and we were more in control of the lyrics then than we are now. And and at the end of the table, even though we are writing more lyrics now than we did back then. So as we move to take control of more distribution of of a of a uh, information form and music as an information form, it is one of the best and most powerful in the world. And our young people are taking more control of it every day. I had a thing with Curtis Blow and about two hundred rappers about a month ago. They talking big time about pulling together union, making stuff work, and do it right. Now it's gonna take a minute, and they're gonna have to sharpen it up. And I think I'm gonna do something with him again soon on the first of February mm. doing some stuff and so I have all faith that when I'm laying with the ancestors in my dust you and your grandkids gonna be kicking stuff in the butt and in 20 years we're gonna move faster in the next 20 years than we've done in the last 80 years mm. we've got the technology we got the skill and I see in our people that we got the will in our young people so I'm not an all worried about it. The lie is not going to win. The thief is not going to get away. You understand? Facts. The righteous is going to win. There's a rule in nature that said there will be no peace in the universe until harmony is restored. Harmony can't be restored in the universe until the black man and woman assume their position of righteousness in the atmosphere again. So it's on us to go back to our culture the ethical, moral, fundamental principles of African culture. And that's part of what Happy is talking about. And that's what we're pushing. They're not the only one. I'm not going to give them everything. But they're one of the big ones out there. <laughs> we can't get everything. Nation, the nation of God and Earth was talking about this for the last 60 plus years. Yeah. You know, the same Let me ask you, Professor Small, what's your position on reparations? I know a lot of people talking about reparations right now. Who should get it? Right. Um, So what do you feel about reparations? How do you think it should look? Um, And and who do you think qualifies for it? Because there's a lot of debate around a lot of these issues. Yeah, you know, I spoke at the rally that Tariq had um, with Foundation of Black American in D.C. Uh, back in November. And a lot of people were getting on me on why I was going. I was going because I was going to my family to have a conversation of how to get the language right. Right. And we got the language right that day. If anybody listened to the tapes of that conference, we got the language right. All African people deserve reparations mm. from the criminals who committed the crimes against us. The question isn't who deserve reparations. The question is what theater you're going to make your claim. So if I'm from Nigeria, I can make a claim against America, but that would be a flimsy claim, but I can make a hell of a claim against Britain because that's who stole my people. You understand? And that's who invade my land. Now the African-American can make a minimal claim against the British because they were running slavery in America for the first hundred plus years. But our biggest claim is against a government that sanctified, codified, and had the Supreme Court support slavery as an 
institution. Slavery was genocide. So if your government supported genocide, then this government owes us, according to the human rights uh, uh, documents at the United Nations and the Orisha Accords in South Africa, where transatlantic slave trade was declared um, a crime against humanity. So America owes us. The corporations in America owes us. The banks in America owes us. What we have to do is stop the the education system owes us. The medical system owes us. All of all of them. And what we need to do is simply come together. Some of this work has been done, and Cobra have been doing this work for thirty or more years. Uh, Sister Dorothy Tillman out in Chicago led a movement out there, and I was a part of that movement with her. Well, we got the government of Chicago, right, to tell Chase Bank, Citibank, and all the big boys, you can't do no more business with Chicago because we got an ordinance to say, unless you show us how you got your parent money, your contracts end. Those white folks went crazy. But guess what? They came up with the history. What is the history? The history is the evidence to win our cases. So we need to just study and put the thing together like we do any other legal case. Other people in the world have got reparations by putting together their legal case. The brother in Jamaica have a legal case against Britain. The brother in Haiti got a legal case against France. The brother in the Dominican Republic got a legal case against Spain. The brother in Brazil got a legal case against um, Portugal. And we've got a legal case against the United States of America and Britain. It isn't that we don't, the problem people are confusing co-mingling with undeserving, all Africans deserve reparations wherever we are. Now, we how do you think? Sure. How do you think? Not to cut you off, but how do you think that? Um, what does it look? Is it is it money? Because there's whole systems that, uh, that need well, to be repaired, and people I think are thinking of money. We should get this amount of money, and and we know. Not all of us, but yes, a lot of us are going to take that money and give it right back to the white man. So right. how do we get a reparations that, you, you know, and, and, and yeah, we don't all have it. That's why we got to brainstorm. That's why we have to, you know what I mean? We have to have think tanks. Yeah, multiple strategies have to develop over time. People need to stop fighting as different groups because we're too big to have one group control this or make the decision in this. The multiple groupings need to come together in organizations and federations and, and take on assignments, okay? Because it's going to look like many different things because we're not just talking about reparations. We're talking about repairing culture, right. repairing psyche, repairing spiritual system, repairing spiritual institutions. There's a lot of things that has to happen, but it's not going to happen unless we sit down and plot it out and plan like we do anything come up with a strategy that allows the plan to be implemented. And, and, and that's the important thing. This fighting of against one another, you shouldn't get it and you should, all of us deserve it, but all of us can't make the same case against the same governments. We got different cases. And, you know, I've had a few cases in my life, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I couldn't go to, to Jersey to argue my New York case, you know, Right. No, and since I didn't get busted in South Carolina, that case became invalid, you know. But so we know, but they could still bring South Carolina up, you know what I'm saying? They could still bring LA up on me old as I am, but they'll mm -hmm. never do it because I think I outsmarted them in the cases. But we know you can have different cases. We have different cases, mm -hmm. you see, right. in different locations. 
And so we need to work together. CARICOM in the Caribbean is working the case for the Caribbean community on reparations. They've been on it for now almost a decade, and they know who the case has to be made to and what they want in return they're working on. You know, the Nigerian government have been working with their case on reparations. We've been trying to get the Ghana government to launch their case on reparations. Certainly Zimbabwe has been developing their case on reparations. And so different groups around the world, around the African world, is looking at who came and kicked my door in? Who came and robbed my house? Who came and kidnapped and killed my family? Who's been controlling my land and stealing my wealth? So you have to know those things to make your case. What was the Berlin Conference about? In 18, was that? 1854. Uh, so Germany, you came into Tanzania and you went into Namibia and Britain, you went into Nigeria and you went into South Africa and France, you went into Senegal, Mali, Ivory Coast and so forth and so on. So you criminals have saved the record, the very history that you gloat about is the record I need to take you to court about. Mm. But it means we must study the history and, and get rid of the mysteries and stop the infighting because all of us are the same mother's child. I don't care whether you speak English with a left accent or a right accent. Our genesis is Africa. You know, my great-grandmother came from Sierra Leone. My great-grandfather came from uh, Uganda. And there's some others that came from Nigeria, I know for sure now, and Ghana. Those two I know because I saw them over 100 years. They lived before they died. And they came over here on slave ships as babies. So we know, I can't say I ain't African, right? And Sierra Leone didn't exist when they left. And Uganda didn't exist when they left. Just Africa existed when they came here, hmm. like most of our families. But we still came from there to here. It doesn't matter whether we came over with Mansa Musa or whether we came over half a million years before Mansa Musa. We still came from Africa to here. Right, because... But Aborigine, we're the Aborigine in every place, including Russia and England. Exactly. We are the original man of the planet Earth. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, there is a, there is a whole thing about... I mean, we know that, yes, we were brought that the, the African slave trade existed, but there is some debate. Is it did it exist to the level they say it existed? Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of us were already here. Think about what makes more sense that, yes, people that yeah, Africans were all over this planet Earth or people that we like to call Africans because. <sighs> I think we the original, we the original indigenous people of the planet Earth. Well, I don't even like to. We are the original indigenous people of the whole planet Earth, so there should never have been a discussion about our indigenous in North America. My family, part of my family, look at me. I know where my graves are. I know where my my. No, I'm talking about the graves of those who came before the slave ship, because we didn't bury underground. We buried mm. above the ground. Mm. And the mounds are all over Oak Hill. And we would go clean it every year. Our grandfather took us to clean them. And we would replace the instruments and tools and things on their graves. I didn't understand what that was about when I was a child, but we did it every year. That's something we did. They used to say these are Indians, but they were not Indians. Okay. 
That was the language of the day that Papa and them were using. These were not Asiatics. But if you read Laron Bennett's Shaping of Black America, he does it better than anyone look at it, looking at it. The book called Shaping of Black America by Dr. Laron Bennett. Mm. He has a chapter in there called The Red and the Black. And he deals with the amalgamation of those who came off the slave ship and those who were already here. And white folks making the claim, well, look, the ones in the villages is as black as the ones we bringing in. So let's raid those villages and put them all in slave. There is no more separate indigenous population here because we amalgamated into one black population centuries ago. Mm. People need to stop the foolishness. I come mm. out of one of the most recent walk out the bush black folks because we didn't walk out the bush until the 70s, most of us. Mm. Down in Andrews, South Carolina, Santee, South Carolina, uh, 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 um, Conway, South Carolina. Some of our people still live in the bush and don't pay much attention to the damn government to the day. They call that the free wood. Sometimes they call it Burgess or Socrates. Mm. Part of it used to be called North Myrtle Beach. That's where my people come from. That's who I am, a bush Negro from the free wood. All right. And we amalgamated with those who came off the boats. And we amalgamated with some of our Asiatic cousins. But this North America was a black civilization. Central South America was a black skinned African civilization before the Asiatic crossed the Bering Straits and they declared war on us too. And before the whites came on the ships, who declared the second phase of war on us. Okay. So, hey, study. Mm. There's a lot of good books out. Um, what's his name? David M. Hotep's book, The First Americans Were Africans. Study, study David's work. And his bibliography lists hundreds of sources. Thank you, Reed 757. Thank you. Oh, speaking of books, yeah, why don't you give the, 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 the chat I don't know. Give me like five books that you'd recommend for them to check out right now. Oh, the absolute first would be to read Laron Bennett's They Came Before the Before the Mayflower, the revised edition. Laron really expanded that before he passed and his shaping of Black America. And then also read David Imhotep's The First Americans Were Africans. Mm. And then there's a book by a young Nigerian brother. I can't pronounce his name because it's too long, but it's called Rebirthing African Consciousness. This brother walks on water in this mm. book. You can get it on Amazon. Rebirthing mm. African Consciousness. You sure they ain't gonna? Uh, you some, now, sometimes when a book is very too much knowledge, you go to yeah, Amazon, they wanna charge $300 or yeah. $500. So here's the game you play when they play that on you. You first ask for then a used copy. Mm. You always put that on the new copy. And usually the used copy, bring it back down to reality. Right. And then you keep going back. You just keep going back. And within an hour or two, you'll hit your price line. There you go. Okay. You know? Right. But so those books, and, and, and there's a book on the Caribbean that everyone should read by Dr. Tony Martin, God bless his beautiful soul. It's called A History of the Caribbean. Mm. And Tony deals with the whole sector. You know, Tony is the brother that wrote all the great books on uh, Honorable Marcus Garvey. He was the brother that came out and defended Dr. Jeffries with a whole book when he was mm. under attack from those others, you know. But he's gone to the ancestors now, too young. 
at 71 when he passed. But his work, A History of the Caribbean, by Dr. Tony Martin, um, and my brother from Nigeria, um, the rebirthing of African consciousness. There is a process to this rebirthing. There is a consciousness that must be understand correctly, you see. And so it's important. And Laron Bennett, Shaping of Black America and Before the Mayflower, and to deal with the question of the indigene in North America, um, Brother David Imhotep's book, as well as Ivan Van Sertima's book, you know, they came before Columbus. And I think that'll keep folks busy for a good year, getting the, getting the language right. And then we we'll come back to happy, you know, then we, we come back to happy. Well, no, the you're not going to add two books. You know, uh -huh. I, I read a little bit. But there's two other. Why don't you give your own five if you like? That was yeah. Professor Small. Now Felicia could give her own uh, book list if you like. First of all, ha but before you do that, let me just say thank you, Underground Music Seven One Three. He said peace to everyone in the cipher. He said miracles exist. I thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Underdog, uh, underdog music. He gave us a tagline early on when we started Hoppy, um, better, uh, better united than divided. Yeah, he's he's a good brother. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. um, so you know what? So so this is the the um, the thing about this. So you know, I've always considered myself like a, a conscious person. I, you know, person who loved being black and you know, uh, all of that. It wasn't until I actually got involved with Hoppy where I realized why I feel that way and why I was passionate about certain things. You know, I've always had like little nuggets along the way that, you know, when I would listen to it, like, you know, like your music, Lord Jamar, like I would listen to it and it was something that just resonated with me, right? It, but I didn't have necessarily the body of knowledge behind it. I just know it felt good. And so once I started working with Hoppy, I was introduced to Professor Small who, who started to kind of check boxes off, you know, to me. So you know, my learning and my education is relatively new in this type of way, right? So there's a couple things, you know, when we interview, you know, all these elders that are just kind of sticking out. One is the Husia, and it's written by um, Dr. Milana Karanga. It's the sacred Trans text. Translated by Dr. Translated by Dr. Milana Karanga. It's the sacred text. And then Tyreen Wright, the making of a Pan-Africanist, Booker T. Washington. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm reading those two books yeah. now. I'm like, people were sleeping. I don't know if people were sleeping on Booker T. Washington. Not me. But been yeah, there. you was not sleeping. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just, not. yeah, just his, I mean, example of black excellence, but but also his example of um, like something you said in the beginning, Lord Jamar, is just like, you know, all these things are happening. How do we, you know, it feels like it's just, how are we gonna, you know, be able to do this, right? You know, when Booker T. Washington was born into slavery, but yet he was able to uh, to just produce this. Um, God, what is the? I need a grand word. Um, he rebirthed his African consciousness. He, it was a rebirth of African consciousness, and what he was able to do. And so, um, yeah, those two books. You got to add those onto the five that uh, Professor. Brilliant Schultz. books, sister. Yeah. Brilliant books. Those two are absolutely yeah. brilliant pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, so, do you have a, a specific build that you're going to bring to the people on February fourth? 
a specific topic you'll be uh, covering, Professor Small? How to walk on water without having your shoes on. Mm. That's not true. <laughs> I would say, wow. How to walk on water without getting wet. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know what Happy wants me to do. Um, you know what? Okay. Well, Jamar, Professor does this all the time. You know, when he when we're talking, he's like, well, what do you want me to say? And it's just like, what, are you serious? Like, yo. Just be this, you. <laughs> yeah, this is the other way around. You know, we, we have coined so many, like the rebirth of consciousness. You know, one time we were, you know, talking, uh, we had a screening of our film and afterwards we had a talk back and professor was talking and he was just like talking about what, like what hobby is the rebirth of consciousness. And we were like, what? We ain't never heard this. That's you know, before the book came out, by the way. Yes. So and, in the happy exactly. And so it's like, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, this is a, an example of black excellence, because when you allow, when you know who you are, once you know who you are, then you are, you then open yourself up for your ancestors, for everyone to just have a direct line to you. And then they guide you in what to do. You know, and this is this is so Professor Small is an excellent yeah. example of that right there, because, you know, he doesn't know what he's going to say and he's not going to remember what he said afterwards. I'm going to give well, it back to him. Like, oh, that sounds really good. And I'm like, you well, said it. But one of the things that I think, you know, yeah, I always build on. How do you provide? What's the primary responsibility of a man and a woman to provide food, clothing, shelter, safety and security for them and their family? How do you accomplish this? Get control of economic politics and culture. Where do you live? What is the part of doing that? Be in charge of land, labor, and resources where you live. Okay. How do you do that? You must become conscious of who you are. Your identity must be clear. You know, and then you have to read people like Powernomics by Dr. Claude Anderson and mm. implement the plan that Dr. Anderson has given us in Powernomics. You know, that's another book to add. Powernomics by Dr. Claude Anderson, and, 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 and follow the blueprint. I mean, there's so many great gods that have left us so much good work. You know, Amos Wilson is just to be one, um, uh, his piece on black power. But just those that we've given, if we read those books, because they pull from the other books, we will see a clear pathway. Who's providing the, 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 the food, clothing, and shelter for us and our families now? Who's guaranteeing that? That's our responsibility. How do we then become responsible? Malcolm X said black nationalism means to own the economics, politics, culture where you live and be in charge of your social ecology. Much of the, the, the teaching in the social ecology come from our music and our school system. All right. So we have to learn how to take control of those things, how to get control of local politics, because all politics is fundamentally local. Yes. So how do we get control of it? How do we get control of the school board, the land preservation board, the land distribution board? You got to elect people to it, but not just any people. We've got to choose the people from our own ranks who believe as we do. And then learn how the political electoral system work and master it just like those in the Democratic Party mastered it. Just like those in the Republican Party and the other parties master. We can master it. It's a tool. And we live in America. If you don't want to use the tool, then go someplace else where you can use the tool. But if you're going to live here, you better learn to use the tool because it's the only way you can keep from being impoverished. By others. Thank you, Gerald Joyner, for your cash app. Um, and when we elect these officials, I feel like 
you know, we as black people, the, the people we choose have to have some sort of uh, some sort of a moral, spiritual ground. Because because that's what's lost in politics. Yeah, yeah, someone else has been choosing the people we vote for. Right. We got to take it to another step. Yes, now we know how to vote. Let's now learn how to choose who we vote for. Exactly. And not have the same system send us some black faces to vote for that have white consciousness throughout their systems. Let us choose somebody from the 5% nation to run for office. Yeah. Let us choose an adherent of happy to run for office. Let us choose someone from the new Black Panther Party to run for office. Let's stop putting the same collaborators, mm. all right? Because you're a mm. collaborator when you take somebody else's agenda that was bought by my vote and you're mm. not carrying my agenda. My vote should buy the right for you to carry my agenda. 100%. I vote for you and you carry some other else or whatever group's agenda. And so, there should be no amount of money or any kind of, um, you know, backdoor deals going on that can influence me to do anything other than what's morally right for my people. And that's, that's the nice. type of people we need when we're talking about politics and, and, and moving things forward. And one other thing I'd like to add, I try to do it in every show. We've got to reinstitute our brotherhoods and our sisterhoods. Mm. We've got to reinstitute and take control of some of these secret societies and societies of secrets so we can act secretly like others do. Mm. You cannot control your community if you're standing out in the open in the middle of the field. Somebody got to be behind the bleachers. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And you can't do that if you don't reconstitute. And we don't have to reinvent them. Take over the Masonic Lodge. Take it from the collaborators if they're collaborating and not helping us. Take over the odd fellows if they're collaborators. Send our children to college and tutor them. Join that sorority and fraternity and turn it around. Yeah. We already got the tools. The tools is just in the wrong hands. I'm telling you, that's why you got to read Booker T. Washington. <laughs> like he, yo, like that right there. I was so, I learned so much about this man, you know, and he was like the, um, he did all of those things. He didn't, he, he, he used all the tools. He used if, all you, the if you listen to my brother, if you listen to God Allah, especially the first generation teachings and you read Booker, you and them, they went to the same school. Hmm. And guess what? They went to the same school. Best secret wow. ever kept. Right? Mm. Yeah. Went to the same school. That's D. Shaz Andre. Andre, thank you. Said peace to all. We need these conversations heavily. You're damn right we do. Appreciate you, Shaz. Um, oh, man. This is great. You know, this is uh, definitely, this is just a taste, just a taste <laughs> of what we're going to be receiving yes. on February 4th yes. at the Jamaica Performing Arts Center in Queens, New York. Uh, did I mention that the link for the tickets are in the description right now? That if you go to the description, um, that you can get you some tickets. Now, we know that it's streaming worldwide, but there's nothing like being in the presence of, mm -hmm. you know, 
<laughs> esteemed people such as we have here today. Um, so I would, I if I was you, I'd get me a, a physical ticket and make sure I was physically there. And um, soon. And, and so soon before it sells out, seriously. Yeah, because yeah. we would hate, I, yeah, we hate for you to be buying that live stream ticket at the door and sitting in your car looking at it. Right. <laughs> Because <laughs> we gotta, it's tight. It's a yeah. We didn't say <laughs> we didn't say uh, Met Stadium in Queens. We said Jamaican Performing Arts Center, yes. and so there's only yes. but so much space that they that we have for the peoples. So yeah, uh, yeah. Ifutu said, "Wow, great live! Thank you, Jamal. You're welcome. This is what we do here at the Godcast. You know, we are, this is a B one space, Black first." Um, we're not corporately funded, you know, so, uh, you know, we try to keep that moral code and, and, and bring you what's right for the people, man, and bring that, that good information that we need, whether it's music, um, whether it's scholars, whatever, film. Shout out to my people from the Bantics. I see them in the house. I like going on at this time. There's a lot of people from uh, overseas that's able to join in right now so we got people in here right now from africa from great yes. britain and all of that type of stuff um so yeah this is a good time to go live yeah and and and, and the fourth is going to be they have their fourth of july we're going to have our fourth of february okay, okay. we'll blow it up okay and, yeah. and, and it's just going to be about what love looks like love looks like freedom mm. What freedom looks like? Freedom looks like you're attached, you're shackled to your identity, uh, mm -hmm. African identity, you know, mm. and not be afraid. Whatever part of Africa, the Caribbean, the United States, Canada, Europe, and African is living, Thailand, I get hits from brothers in Thailand who are from Ghana, Nigeria, and other places. Wherever an African is, that's an African. Whatever language the African is speaking, that's still an African. We are from the same mother and the same father. And as we study history and we study spirituality, you know, when the universe decided it wanted to be human, it became a black woman. Mm. And the universe impregnated her first and started the cycle. Mm. I remember in Roots, if anybody ever, I know some of the younger people may not have seen Roots, but in Roots, when they're holding the baby up to the sky, what do they say? Behold, the only, only thing, thing greater than myself. The universe mm. is the only thing greater <laughs> than you. And even that was kind of misstated because you and the universe, you are simply a microcosm of that macrocosm. You are the universe. You are the universe. Mm -hmm. That's what we were taught. In, uh, in the supreme alphabets, you Absolutely. is universe. Yes, sir. <laughs> We're going to end it how we started it. Um, man, this was beautiful having you. Um, anything else you'd like to uh, shout out? Anything you got going on you'd like to share with the people besides uh, what we're doing here on the 4th? Listen, our... Our life right now, myself and Taiki Grant, life is February 4th. After February 4th, we can think about right. some other stuff. But it's all about getting people, um, you know, 
to this to, to this space. Yeah. And so for the people come not just to I'm not doing it, Bantics. Gain some knowledge. Just come if you just want to listen to Jamal drop some science, you know. And move. Yeah, I think I'm going to be on a panel too. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I get to lead the panel, so it's going to be great. Yeah, and just just to be sometimes just being together, and and being inundated by nice spiritual vibe, mm. change your whole being. Facts. You know change your whole being. Facts. But you're going to get a lot more. It's going to be a lot of power in the room. A lot That's of power. True. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we we had a conference in um in February, uh, not February, in April, the end of April, called One Africa Power and Unity, and it was in Detroit, Michigan, live stream. The place maybe um, held like two hundred people. I know we had a little bit more than two hundred people up in there, but you know, um, that whole weekend, you know, afterwards we coined it Black Sage and Love because when you walked into that Double Tree Hotel, that's exactly, you smelled black love and sage. <laughs> and it was just such a, we were on a high, oh my God, it was just unbelievable. And so, you know, being in New York um, and we haven't had a, a space where we could really, everyone can just be around each other for a minute since COVID. So this is gonna be real nice. Yeah, yeah, so. Uh, yes, Bantic Show. It will be streamed February 4th, uh, Day of Black Excellence. It will be streamed. Where will people be able to get that link, actually? So what will happen is when you get when you go onto your when they hit the link in your um, in your description, mm -hmm. it takes them to Eventbrite and they choose which ticket they want. They can get a live person ticket or um, a, uh, a live stream. So they get the live stream ticket. The day of, they'll be sent the link to join in. And the thing about the live stream ticket is that, so even when we break, like, you know, we have a lot of stuff going on during the breaks, but we will be still live streaming and, and really trying to capture all of that for our live stream audience. So, we're, you know, it's, it's going to, you know, so even if you, you know, like if you can't get to New York City, you'll still, you're still going to feel that camaraderie. Right. You know? You okay. won't be able to smell the black love and, and black sage, but you will definitely. Oh, so be able they to have to buy the link for the. Oh, yeah, not... they have to buy the link. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think That's the good. link is like I want to say the link is like thirty bucks or thirty five dollars or something like that. Um, but yeah, well, it's gonna be well worth it. Trust me. Yeah, well it'll be up for a couple of days afterwards, so you can you know because so, it is a nine hour or eight hour it, it, event. It's, it's yeah, it's gonna be nice. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm honored to be a part of it. Um. And you know what, wait, shout out to you, Lord Jabbar, because let me tell you, you know, since you, um, you know, you said yes, I'm always just very grateful when we ask people to do things and they say yes, right? And they don't say yes with a bunch of da 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 da. It's just like, yes, we, you know, there it is. You know, we asked you to come to um, be part of Hoppy, the, um, the documentary, and you said yes. When we have every event, we ask you and you always say yes. So shout out because, you know, you're really about like the music that you're, you're talking about. And a lot of times people aren't really about it. Right, right, say, right. Yeah, you guys are about it like that. And that makes me feel happy because I'm like, yes, you know, it's finally some real people in the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. And this 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 old man sitting on, on my left or my right or whatever, you know, he's always down. So <laughs> Yes. Well, I'm trying to get where he's at. Um, well, listen, I thank y'all for coming through. 
Um, Thank you, Lord. This has been great. Um, we're going to leave this up so y'all can just go back, check out Professor Small's book list, just go all the information that you may not, if you didn't have your notebook out, that you might need to, uh, you know, refresh. I'm just going to leave this one up there. Once again, the link for the Happy A Day of Black Excellence, February 4th at Jamaica Performing Arts Center is in the description. So you could check that out. And uh, man, we thank everybody for coming through. Thank you. Um, don't we have something at five o'clock or something like that? We do. Yeah, you're going to come on to Happy Talks. Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> I need, I, so I need a little break. I need to go get me a coffee and all that. Yes, and y'all just come I'm on over there. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Yeah, well, we're, so yeah. we're going to go live on Happy Talks. Is that it? Yep. Yep, oh, five o'clock. Small said, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not doing the five o'clock. I'm out. You know Let me tell you, this is a he's the hardest working elder. He he did two shows for us yesterday on some other people's platforms. He is really good. Let me just clap it up for Professor Small. Yeah. Yeah, we had the legend Baba in the house. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So wow. All right. I'm gonna um I'll see you in a little bit. Okay. Call me or I don't know how I'm getting there. Send me the link or whatever we gotta do. There it is. Um, all right. All right. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. All right. All right, y'all. Whew, that was nice. That felt good. Good little Sunday service, eh? Little Sunday service with the people. Um yeah. So like we said, link is in the description. Stream it. Come see it live. Whatever you do, just support it. Uh, I'm about to be out. We'll get me a cup of coffee. Smoke a L. And get ready for this uh, join at 5 o'clock on whatever on their channel. Thank you all for coming through. Shout out to all my regulars. Shout out to everybody that donated on cash app hang on let me see if i get the shout right now uh johnson allen gerald joiner thank y'all everybody that donated on super chat all my regulars truly zambian Teacher Maria, I see the Bantic show in the house. Peace to y'all. No, I was not going to ask him about Flat Earth. You try to set me up with that one. It's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, much love to y'all. And I'll be back next week. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Go back, watch your foosball. Peace.